The latest injury updates on Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and, well, of course, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Plus, Jake Lisko is here. His post-game takeaways. And we look ahead to Thursday Night Football. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. He's Jake Lisko. I'm James Rapine. And yes, Jake is here. You're about to hear his postgame takeaways, some thoughts on the Bengals and much, much more coming up in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Dot com. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcasts. And Jake, welcome back. You've been traveling. The internet did not uh, work well for our post-game show, but you're back now, and uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, I'm very sorry for the internet issues where I wasn't able to, to join you for the post-game. I certainly had a lot of thoughts. We'll get to some of those today. Uh what what a what a tough way for that game to end. I'm sure everyone has felt that over the last 24 hours or so. But first, I think some some notable injuries that this team is going to have to continue to fight through and continue to have to overcome with the very large game, to say it lightly, they've got coming up this this Thursday. Yeah, it it starts with Trey Hendricks, and obviously there's been a, a lot of concern about Trey, and he's dealing with a hyperextended knee. Ian Rappaport has been all over this injury, the MRI came back, no other damage, which I think is is extremely good news for the Bengals, obviously good news for Trey. And while I, I think it's probably likely, and this is me saying it likely, he's out Thursday, maybe he's back for the Steelers game and, and the following week. You have that 10 days in between games. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. Who knows? Maybe he does play Thursday. Zach Taylor called him day-to-day, said it would be tough on a short week and offered similar sentiments about T. Higgins and Sam Hubbard. Both guys obviously missed yesterday's game or or Sunday's game, depending on when you're listening. And so uh, we'll see on those guys too. But in my head, Jake, I'm approaching this week because as we record this, it's just over, it's like 76 hours away from Bengals Ravens in Baltimore. I'm just kind of assuming all three guys are going to be out for, for Thursday. Which is so tough to overcome in a game that they so desperately need especially Trey and Sam uh, on the defensive side of the ball against Baltimore, specifically against Lamar Jackson, an offensive line that has more often than not given him plenty of time. And and we just watched CJ Stroud throw how many throws? I think it was 20 throws that he had more than three seconds until he threw the ball. And and that's with Trey Hendrickson playing against given a good left tackle, but the, the issues in the run defense, I don't think we're squarely on Sam Hubbard's absence. I think it helped. Uh, for the Texans that, that Hubbard wasn't playing. But we, we see what happens when Trey has a hard time getting going against a good left tackle against the Texans. And at least that's with him playing and able to make some impact plays, right? Not having him. I, I don't think we've seen enough from these other guys to feel great about that, especially going against Lamar Jackson. And 
you know, it's it's a little bit more than not feeling great about it. I, I'd say that it's a, it's a fairly large concern that the quality of play they've gotten out of their defensive line depth. Just when you, when you need them to go a whole game now in a must-win game and a primetime game on the road, it's a big ask. And and you hope that they can step up and make that uh, make that effort. But I'm not feeling super confident about that particular unit going into Thursday night football right now. I'm. The, I'm so not confident. What's the the least confident I've ever been going into a game during this three-year run when it comes to to this front stepping up? Because if you have Trey Hendrickson, it, you could bank on him. If you have Sam Hubbard, obviously, DJ Reader, those are like your three staples. And the only one left of the core four, we had Lou Anarumo on during the bye, would be BJ Hill and, and DJ Reader, those two on the interior. Well, those guys aren't the ones that are good in consistent pass rush. And you're going to be asking them, for the most part, to try to slow down the best rushing attack in the league after you gave up 188 yards to one of the worst rushing attacks in the league in the Houston Texans. Devin Singletary still running after averaging five yards a carry and having a career-high 150 yards. I, it's it's a really tough spot. And it, it it's a, in a way, the standings, it's good that the Ravens lost because the Bengals are only a game and a half out of, of first place. At the same time, it's like, well, the Ravens, they need to right the ship too after an ugly loss where they should have beat the Browns and they didn't, they couldn't hang on. So it's it's tough. I, I think it's a, a tough ask. And yet that's that's probably what, and it is what, makes Sunday so painful. If you get out of there and you're six and three and you beat Houston and you limp into Baltimore and you can't get it done, well, okay, you're six and four and you have extra recovery time for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. You, you can live with that. And, and instead, the Bengals are in a much different spot trying to avoid going five and five. And that's that's uneasy. And I do think front seven-wise, I mean, they they tackled about as poorly as they have all year against the Texans. It was bad. And uh, I think that that's what stood out to me is, is how many missed tackles. Just on the final play, Noah Brown, he's not hard to tackle. Let's not pretend here like he's a hard player to tackle. And they're trying to swipe at the ball, and they give up another 10 yards or so and they get into field goal range. So one of the many things that stood out. Yeah, I think the the proclivity to to go for this strip, and it's worked so often for this team this year, that's just a spot where you, you just tackle them. You make the Texans make another play. You put some more time pressure on them. You don't let the guy get down with a kicker that's shaky and, and let him kick a you know, sub-40-yard field goal for the game there. You just make the tackle in that spot. But on top of that, you know, you mentioned the front four, and and it's to me it was a pressure issue. We're, we're talking about getting pressure on Lamar Jackson. We're looking forward to Thursday night, and I, I haven't had a chance to vent about this yet. I know a lot of people are on the Bengals coverage unit, and and they weren't great. This isn't necessarily to defend them or, or go out of my way to say no, they were actually good. It's when C.J. Stroud can sit back there in a clean pocket for so long, and wait for guys to uncover in cover three, cover two. Somebody's going to be open. Like if you can't get pressure in three seconds and you're playing zone or you're blitzing and you're not getting pressure, somebody's going to be open. I don't care who you are. And they did have losses in man-to-man too. They did have losses on time too. But man, the, the absence of pressure in that game was such a, a, a difference for CJ Stroud to be confident and to operate at a high level. They, they fooled him once early. Logan Wilson nearly had an interception where he he faked the blitz, dropped into coverage. They they had that opportunity. They had 
one ball thrown behind in the end zone that Shadobe Awuzie could have intercepted. So there were some opportunities that left out there, but to me, it, it's just what, the, the amount of time Stroud had to operate and how patient he could be. And he was playing great for the most part. You, you can't do that again against a team that actually knows how to run the ball because the other side of it is, like you, you mentioned, one of the worst running games in the NFL. And we talked about before the game, like if you have to miss Sam Hubbard for a game, well, okay, you, you can you can maybe manage that against a bad running attack, but that was not the case against the Texans, and now you got a really good running attack coming. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. There's there's a lot more to get into as far as takeaways. Obviously, the defense, the, the secondary. You mentioned the pressure issue. There's plenty of thoughts. I have plenty of thoughts too. I want to get into the offense as well. So let's dive into more of Jake's takes as we roll on here on Locked On Bengals. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals, not brought to you by Jake's Takes, but brought to you by Jace Case and Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking about football, and we're going to talk about something that is a little bit more serious here with the Jace Case, and maybe it's not the antibiotics you're interested in. You can get a one-year supply of ED medications as well through Jace Medical. You don't have to worry about whether you can refill your generics. This is a service that you can go outside of that process. And in addition to that, in addition to your 12 month supply of your daily medication, you can use our promo code locked on at checkout for a discount. You'll get $20 off your purchase. A verified customer told us that they were thankful for the service because supply chain issues caused them to cut their pills in half just to have it. They ordered most of their daily meds with a year supply and an antibiotic kit just to have that security. So if you or someone you love would like to get that peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, just go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you and use our promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Today's show is also brought to you by Streetside Brewery. And if you're looking for a place to watch the Thursday night game, get the Streetside. Streetside has 24 different taps from full pints to four ounces. It's a perfect place to watch a game and hopefully you check them out for my recommendation ahead of the Texans game. And you checked out their pregame tailgate because it is one of the best in the city. And if you go there Thursday, well, they have happy hour Monday through Friday, four to six. So it's a perfect way you get off work, head to street side, have some apps, have some, some nice beers and you get those happy hour prices before the Thursday night game as the Bengals look to improve to six and four on the year. They're, located at 4003 Eastern Avenue in the Columbia Tusculum neighborhood near Lunkin Airport. And they have a ton of different beers. Like I said, 24 different taps from fruited sours to pastry stouts, coffee blondes, brown ales, lagers, IPAs, anything you're looking for, Streetside is going to have something for you. So check them out today. And of course, look for their beer in any bottle shops, convenience stores in the area. It's not the West side or the East side, the best side. Is street side. So we're we're going back to Jake's takes here, I suppose, huh? This is I, I I've got takes for you segment. And, and yeah, well, this is perfect. Yes, Jake's takes. takes. Well. Let um, let me put my uh, let me put my feet up. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, to me that well, I mean, was that game not decided mostly in the trenches? I, I know that things got crazy down the stretch, but. Joe Burrow under pressure, considerable pressure early, checking the ball down a ton early in the game. The Bengals, meanwhile, can't get to C.J. Stroud, and he's just dicing him up, right? 
Is, is that not the, the story of that game early, at least? It, no, it, I, it's, it's a story of a lot of games. I've just seen that this team overcome that plenty of times during this run. And I, I think there's been people today on, on Monday critical of, of like Burrow. And I think he wanted to take over the game mode. And obviously it was a poor decision in the red zone when he's throwing to Boyd. There was about five different Texans that could have caught that ball. He overshoots sample. But I think that was really their only hope, and he knew it, that he had to go to gunslinger mentality. And, and so to your point, the trenches led them down that path, and they were getting dominated, where they weren't getting to Stroud, and then Burrow, their only chance was Burrow going off script and, and kind of channeling that 49ers game from 2021, where, where him and Chase kind of took things over. And by the way, he almost did it. He just yeah. came up short in the red zone a couple times. Yeah, I mean, the, the one pick is really bad. The the one where he's throwing it and the guy drops off at the flat and is there's there's no business throwing the ball, especially on a first down. There, there's no real excusing that one. There's another one that the Trent Nervous There's no ball. way, there's no way it gets caught, right? By Boyd. Like yeah. there's it's it's a zero percent chance it gets caught. Especially on a first down. Like I get it on a third down, on a fourth down, you, you try to really force the issue, but on a first down, you know, throw it away. Let's try again with another play that we can hit in structure try to stay on schedule. I, I have a hard time being too critical of Burrow in that game. I, I think that he had that mistake. He had the ball that Jalen Petrie dropped in the middle of the field on the Trent Norwin post. But I, I don't. I have a hard time blaming him for the Drew Sample deflected interception. And I know that, you know, Paul Denner Jr. called it greedy. I disagreed with him in the moment. He, he explained his thinking, you know, trying Drew Sample top shelf, you know, going, going up, making him elevate. And and later in the game, you see Drew Sample take a check down. And once he has a ball in his hands and he's moving, he he's fine. But he's a little awkward sometimes catching the football. And so so that's, I think, what Paul meant there. I, I still have a hard time faulting Burrow too much for that. It hits Drew Sample in the hands. It is a little bit high, but it's not a terrible decision outside of the guy you're throwing to sometimes having some issues, you know, at the catch point. So it, it's, you know, was Burrow too conservative for too long? Did, did they take too long for him to go into hero ball mode? I, I think that there's a, a case you can make there that, you know, have they started that aggression earlier? Maybe that gives them more of a chance. And, uh, you know, th there was a significant difference in the offense once he did start playing that way. It was definitely frustrating early, though, watching check down after check down being tackled immediately. And, and, you know, that's because whatever the primary concept is, a Burrow wants to read out and, and hit downfield is not there. And he's quickly saying, okay, my best chance for positive yards here is a check down. And then the Bengals just don't have the guys this year, it seems, to, to make guys miss and, and make those check downs, you know, seven, eight yard gains like they saw so many last year. And instead they're getting two yard gains on them. And they're playing behind the chains. And, you know, a lot of people want to blame, blame Boyd for the drops and the drops were bad. Don't get me wrong, but, you can't have those drives they have early, you know, the, the three or four straight three and outs in the middle of the game. You, you need to carry that success a little bit in the middle of the game. We've been talking about that. They've, they've had these hot starts and good finishes, but the middle of the game is, is counts. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we saw that this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think Boyd deserves a ton of blame. For it's, sure. Look, if, if T's out, and Jamar gets six targets, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Because Jamar, was he out there? Oh, he was out there. Was he the best player on the field with the ball in his hand? Oh, he made the biggest play of the game. Crazy. Mm -hmm. he, 
there's two things for Boyd, and it's not just the 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 drop. Can you score on the 64 yarder? That's a big play. Not scoring there and and not being able to pull away, and you get tackled. Okay, then catch that ball, and it sucks. And I'm sure no one feels worse than him. And and it's one of those plays that you'd like to have back. I know they're confident in him, and they'll go back to him. All of those things. He shouldn't have been in that situation. All the things the guys are saying are true. And guess what? All of those are true, and Tyler should have caught the ball. Um, The other thing that really stood out, you mentioned guys weren't breaking tackles. Our our buddy, and we're not going to, I don't think we'll have time for a film segment this week in a condensed week, but our our buddy Bengal Sands has posted clips of Joe Mixon. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of listeners, a lot of Bengals fans, like, man, they abandoned the run. They should have run the ball. They should have run the ball more. Joe Mixon left the yards on the field on Sunday. A decent amount of yards. This is not a great run blocking team. For whatever reason, they're not great. But the the runs that were blocked well, there was one mix, uh, that uh, Sands posted, Mixon runs into his own guy, has no business running into a Bengal, has time, has a clear lane, doesn't take it, and, and runs into his own guy. And, and just, I don't know what he's thinking. And then the other one, it's the three-yarder that's well-blocked. He's untouched in the hole. And, and it's it's off the, the right tackle, right guard. And he gets three yards. And I have no idea how that only went for three yards. Ben Baby looked it up during the the game uh, just to see how many yards were expected. It was a nine, nine yards were expected on that play. And he got three. It's, it's hard for an offense that's struggling to stick with the run when you do block well enough. And then those runs end up as as not nearly what they should have been, and you're not getting as much out of the the run game when you are blocking at a high level. So I, I know Joe. There's a lot of times where he doesn't have those lanes, but when he has them, he has to take advantage of them, and that's certainly something I noticed on Sunday. Yeah, like they're they're missing the high octane, besides Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, but they're getting plays and there are opportunities. So there's opportunities for Joe Mixon. There's opportunities for Tyler Boyd that are left on the field. There, there's opportunities for Drew Sample, which, you know, maybe that should be Tanner Hudson on that play, but there's opportunities for for Tanner Hudson out there that's left on the field. Trent Nerwin makes plays. Uh, you got a miscommunication with Andre Yosevash, and, and, you know, there is a chance for him to maybe stake a claim to a bigger role with T. Higgins being out. That didn't happen. So, you know, there, there's one, there's a need for that speed in this offense. There's a need to to get that element back. Hopefully, Charlie Jones can help with that a little bit. But two, there's a need to capitalize on the opportunities that you have and, and make the plays that are available to you. And obviously, they, they come up just short against the Texans. They can't get that clutch play on defense to, to ice the game. Um, they, they can't get that catch to make it much harder for the Texans to win the game there with a field goal at, regu- you know, at the gun. So... Yes, they, they, they have some limitations in personnel that have certainly revealed themselves this season on both sides of the ball. We, we can talk about, you know, the safety issues, the defensive yeah, line. Let's, you know, we can get to that for sure. We should. We, yeah, we've alluded to that. We can talk about it more. But on the offense, I think it's, it's, it's showing up too. You know, Alex Kappa having one of his worst career games in pass protection against Sheldon Rankins. You know, there, there's stuff like that that's happening. And that's how you lose a game that you otherwise should win. And, uh, you know, we can we can wrap up those thoughts and talk a little bit about Thursday night football. Uh, like you said, short week. Um, so big game, probably time to, to think about that a little bit here as well and the implications there because the AFC North just keeps winning. And we'll, we'll go there 
coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that Bengals win total sure does seem volatile right now. Felt great about it before the Texans game. Felt great about it the week before that. And now things are getting a little bit dicey with injuries piling up. But right now, new customers will get a $150 bonus bet credit with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team just wins. So the Bengals go out, take care of Baltimore, $153 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on spreads, players, props, overs, unders, and more at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's show is also brought to you by the number one dentist in the city, Pierce Dental Group. And Pierce Dental Group, they have two locations, one in downtown Cincinnati, the other in northern Kentucky, the premier dental group in the area. They're going to provide you with world-class experience and create confident smiles, whether you're T. Higgins, you're Joe Burrow, your Chidobe Awuzie, or you're a Locked on Bengals listener, Pierce Dental is going to be able to get you exactly what you need, whether it is simple, just regular routine care, cosmetics, dental implants, Invisalign, they have you covered. And they were established in 1942 in downtown Cincinnati. They have over 1,300 five-star Google reviews, and they're a member of the Professional Football Dental Association. Go where the pros go. Check them out today at piercedental.com. That's P-E-A-R-C-E dentalgroup.com. They are local. They are the best in the business. So check them out, piercedentalgroup.com or search Pierce Dental Group on Instagram or Facebook. You know, I thought we were over some of these conversations, James, about the, the, you know, the, the, the spots in the offseason that we thought the Bengals didn't do quite enough to address or were skeptical about their efforts to address. And, you know, they, they win all these games oh. in a row, feeling good about the direction the season is going, and then this game rears its head, and then Trey Hendrickson gets hurt, now T. Higgins is hurt, and you've got some guys missing that are starters, that are key players, and now suddenly you feel all this real heavy right now. You do. I, I wrote about it for all Bengals. The, the, the two guys on the Texans that we certainly talked about a lot on this pod, and you've talked about Sheldon Rankins in the past, but I think the other two that we talked about the most, uh, Dalton Schultz is just out there and signs on, on either March 20th or 21st. I forget, but free agency was like a weekend and just over $6 million, a steal and, and, and gives them multiple third down conversions on Sunday and has over 400 yards receiving already four touchdowns is, is a big part of their offense. Um, and, and then who th this one hurts Singletary. We talked about Singletary a ton, and he signs for $2.7 million. I think $2.5 was guaranteed. I looked it up. And I know he's their backup there. Well, guess what we were talking about? Adding him for depth. Adding him for the backup, whether it was behind Joe Mixon or whatever rookie they drafted or whatever the case is. And, and so that's the part that stinks is, is on, on Sunday specifically. Their, their needs or guys at least that we thought they should target to address those needs in free agency, they beat them. And there were big factors and key moments for the Texans. There were. And it's, it's something that if the Bengals are going to go to where they want to go, they need to overcome not having those guys, not making these moves now, because in the middle of the season, 
after the trade deadline, especially where the Bengals stood pat, there, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And, you know, I, I like what Tanner Hudson's doing. He was instrumental on that first drive there, where they score yeah. a touchdown. They come out and he has what five catches on the first drive. I mean, big drive for him. And and he looked good. And Burrow trusted him. And he and yep. he converted their first their first first down of the game. And so, you know, this isn't to slight those guys, but they're a team that has Joe Burrow a quarterback is a team that should be competing deep into the playoffs. And now with the injuries they have and, and the issues that they've got, it's more on Burrow than it's been. And we, we talked about that gunslinger mode that he went into down the stretch where he was making the plays and he was doing more. He talked about trying to make that effort, that concerted effort to try to make more plays. And they might need that in a big way the rest of the way. And they might need to lean on their star quarterback more than they have so far. And, and he looks healthy now. So not as much concern about that part of the, the limitation, but with the hole they've put themselves in and the tight margin for error they have going forward, where the Steelers can't seem to lose a game six and three, the Browns had that crazy comeback to, to get to six and three and the Ravens still leading the pack. It, it's, unfairly perhaps more significantly on Joe Burrow's shoulders than it ever has been. And, and certainly more so than I expected at this point in the season based on preseason expectations. Sure. And when you have a defense that gets beat up in the secondary and, and Noah Brown's running free and doing his best Chad impression with the number 85 at Paycor, it's tough. And that's, that's the other element to this is, is this defense if, if they're not forcing turnover, sometimes they just can't get stops. And, and that was certainly the case Sunday. They just could not get off the field. Dalton Schultz was part of a couple of those big third down conversions, including one before the half where the Texans were able to get the lead going into halftime. You, you can't have that. And maybe they can solve it. Maybe they can figure it out. I know Nick Scott has taken a lot of heat, and, and there are some questions there. I, I do wonder what, what they do. I think Dax Hill has been solid, but they need more. They need more overall from the defense. I think they need more from guys around Burrow, and that's the part where it would have been nice. And this isn't hindsight, by the way. If you're new to Lockdown Bengals, we talked about these guys in March. This is not something new. I'm not trying to, oh, well, they could have went. No, we we talked about it in real time. And so that's what makes it a little more difficult. We'll see. We'll see if they can overcome it. Here's what I'll say. The odds of Joe Burrow continuing to throw red zone interceptions, that's really low. We know Tyler Boyd is pretty sure-handed overall, had an awful game on Sunday. I don't expect that to necessarily continue. I, I think this team needs some juice on offense. Look for Charlie Jones to potentially get activated this week. Maybe he can help with that. Chase Brown, hopefully he's close to a return. That would be nice uh, to, to maybe have a, another option in the backfield. And maybe he can give them kind of what Tanner Hudson has at tight end where he stabilizes it a little bit. It's not like you feel great about that spot. But, it, but it's been more stable the past couple of weeks. So um, there's there's a lot there in this Bengals team. We're going to have more on the game, Bengals-Ravens, ahead of Thursday night football. We have a couple of shows before it. But, whoo, Jake, this is a a big one now as the Bengals try to avoid dropping two in a row and, and just five and five on the season. And, and what a tough game. Tough matchup against a team that's played really well this season on the road in prime time on a short week where you, you have new injuries to deal with and the Ravens do too, but boy, it, you know, one of those things where they're what? Owen 13 as a road 
prime time Road team prime in the time. last 20 years? Yep. How about how about is, breaking is, is it 20 years? Is it 20 years? I, I don't know if that is the case, but the rest is. And it uh, might yeah, be 20 I, years. Uh, that's a Jay, Jay Morrison. Jay's got stats tweet. That That's where I saw that one. It, it, it's not a good record for road primetime games. Um, it, it's something that Joe Burrow. It's since 2013, last 10 years. Okay, 10 years. So it, it's something that Joe Burrow has been great with this team at breaking these unsavory streaks for the Cincinnati Bengals. Something that, uh, you know, Jay tweeted it. We, we've seen Zach Taylor use that stuff as motivation before and uh, something that could help to motivate this team and, and a game that they shouldn't need any motivation for. But, you know, you take anything for that little bit of extra edge. And like you said, James, we'll, we'll switch gears here and, and start focusing on that Thursday night game the rest of the week here. And then we'll have you covered after Thursday night football. So a couple more episodes this week before the game. We'll have a game preview. We'll have uh, – We'll have our crossover Thursday coming up later this week. So until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast and have a good one.